the BBC presents Jet Morgan in Journey into Space. Lemmy, Mitch, and I, prisoners of the so-called Flying Doctor, had been carried to a Martian city in the heart of the Lacus Solis. And then suddenly, freighter number one, piloted by Frank Rogers, who was looking for us, passed overhead. During a struggle which ensued, the Flying Doctor fell over the wall and onto the next terrace where he lay motionless. Lemmy and I at once returned to the sphere and took off in the hope of getting back to Polar Base. Meanwhile, through freighter number one, we had re-established contact with Jeff. When he learned what the flying doctor had told us about the Martians' plans to invade the Earth, he agreed that I should tell the whole story to Frank. He could then relay it to the fleet in free orbit from where it could be passed to control. And then... Hello. Hello, Doc. Jeff. What is it, Frank? What's wrong? I don't know. There's that peculiar noise, and I... Frank, you must fight it. You must stay awake. I'm trying, Doctor. What about it? She doesn't seem to respond. I can't control her. Oh, no. Take a hold of yourself, Frank. Frank, Doc says you must stay awake. We're off. We're taking off. And for Dobson, this is the time to go to sleep. Get over there, Lemmy. See if you can control her. Me? What a hope. Go on, Lemmy. Yes, Doc. Hello, Jet. Doc. Yes, Frank? It's no good. We're losing a I can't control her. You must, Frank. We're almost on the deck now. Here we go. Frank. Frank, answer me. Hello, number one. Hello. What is it, Doc? Frank. He must have crashed. Hello. Frank. Hello. Hey, he's not replying, Doc. Hello, Jet. Can you hear me? Oh, if Frank has crashed, we've lost contact with Jet. No. Without number one to relay our calls, he can't hear us, mate. And meanwhile, this ship is steadily climbing. Well, there's nothing for it but for us to learn how to control it, if we can. Drag Dobson out of the way, Lemmy. You take his panel, I'll take Harding. Right. Now, <coughs> uh, you lie there, mate, and you have a nice little faulty winks, eh, hey, Doc? Yeah? That noise, that uh, go-to-sleep noise, it's stopped now. Oh, never mind that, Lemmy. What have you got on your panel? Uh, uh, raw buttons and three levers. Uh, no indication of what they do? Not that I can see. One of the buttons here is depressed. Uh, so is one of these. And one of the levers pulled forward. Now, it was Dobson who closed the door, wasn't it? Yes. Then it must be the button on your panel that did it. Yes. I should think so. Uh, then this panel was the one that started the motor and took us off. All right, let me hold on. I'm going to do a little experimenting. Right, now, be careful, Doc. Don't go crashing us as well. Now, get over to the window. Tell me what happens to the ship when I pull the lever. Right. It don't seem to make any difference at all. Doesn't it? Right, now, wait a minute, Doc. Yes, it does. We've stopped. Stopped in midair. Right. Tell me what happens now. We're going down. Oh, turn it up, Doc. What are you doing? Sorry, Lemmy, but down is the one way we don't want to go. Not yet, anyhow. Well, can't you make it go any other way than up or down? It's only stationary like this. And there we'd better stay for the time being at any rate. Dobson and Harding are waking up. Oh, blimey. Let's hope they don't start getting violent. Dobson, can you hear me talking to you? Dobson, do you hear me? What are your orders? 
Hey, it doesn't seem to be any different from when he went to sleep. My orders are that you get back to the control panel immediately. Look, he's getting up and going. Just as McLean did back in the truck. Keep your eye on him, Lemmy. He touches none of the controls on the panel until we tell him to. Right, Doc. Now, Harding. Harding, can you hear me? Get up, Harding. Get on your feet and go back to the control table. Oh, it gives you a funny feeling when they do exactly as you tell them, Doc. Not half the funny feeling we'd get if they'd stop doing what we told them. Doc, what do we do now? Hey, and what about Mitch? And it is turn to wake up. Oh, let him sleep. We have enough trouble, Lemmy. Now, which way was number one heading the last time it passed overhead? Southeast. Back towards where it came from, towards the desert. Mm-hmm. Harding, Dobson, here are your orders. What are they? The ship will proceed at moderate speed in a southeast direction. He's doing it. Then keep close watch on him, Lemmy, and see how he does it and memorize it. Yes, sir. Where are we now? We just left the city and we're headed out over the cultivated area again. Any sign of number one anywhere? Uh, no, Lemmy, not yet. Uh, maybe he didn't come out this way after all. Oh, we'll go a little further. Oh, Jet must be going up the wall wondering what's happening to us. Hey, Doc, you don't think after what we told him he's still heading this way, do you? Knowing Jet, he probably is. But he mustn't. We've got to get out there and stop him. We will at the first opportunity. But we must find number one first. Yes, Doc. We'll make a complete circuit of the lack of solace. And what if them Martians down there come up after us? When they do, we can decide what to do about it. Meanwhile, we'll continue the search. Yes, Doc. sign of it in this direction. Then there's only one place it can be, Lemmy. It must have crashed into the city itself. That's just what I was thinking. We'll change course. Head back towards where we came from. Fly back over the city, you mean? Yeah. But if we show ourselves over that place again, they might send somebody up after us. Try and get us to crash and all. They could have done so any time in the last hour. But there's been no sign of any sphere or anything else that's looking for us. No, there ain't, does there? I wonder why there ain't. Maybe they just can't be bothered. Their one aim is to prevent our getting back to Earth. So long as we're flying around up here, there's no chance of that. Besides, they know we have to land sometime or starve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Now get over to the control panels. Have Dobson change course. I'll keep lookout from here. Yes, Dobson. Let me stop the ship. I can see it. I can see the freighter. Hey, Dobson. Did you hear that? Stop the ship. But keep her at this height. Come over here, Lemmy. Come in, Doc. Where is it, Mike? Here. Down there. Crashed into the base of one of the pyramids, see? Oh, blimey, yes, I do. And look at that great mob around it and all those ladybird cows or whatever they are. It looks like they're tearing the ship to pieces, ripping out all the gear and carrying it away. And Frank and his crew as well by now. Doc, are we going down there? If we did... We'd be delivering ourselves right into their hands. But, Mike, we just can't leave him down there. We have no choice, Lenny. The first thing we've got to do is to pick up Jet. If we ever find him. Have Dobson change course. We're heading for the Argier Desert. Yes, Doc. (laughs) 
McLean, can you hear me? I can hear you. In a moment, I shall halt. When I do, you're to bring your truck alongside this one and stop your motor. Your orders are understood. Fine. We shall stop here for a meal and then go on. You'll fall in behind and follow me as before. I am now alongside you and the motor is switched off. Good. Now, go into your living quarters and get yourself something to eat. I shall call you again in half an hour. Orders are understood and will be carried out. Well, that settled him. Now, another try at contacting Doc or Frank. Hello, Doc. This is Jet calling. I've not heard from you since we lost contact two hours ago. If you can hear me, come in, please. Hello, freighter number one. Jet Morgan here. Have lost contact with you. Come in, please. Hello, Polar Base. Landfleet calling. Come in, please. Hello, Skipper. Polar Base here. Receiving you loud and clear. I've called Doc and Frank yet again, but I still get no reply. I've kept a constant listening watch, sir, but I've heard nothing. How about the fleet? Have you contacted them lately? Yes, sir. Not ten minutes ago. They've heard nothing either. Oh, Oh, thank you. Keep the watch open. Be sure that at least one of you is listening all the time. May I make a suggestion, sir? Well? Number one crash, there's no doubt about it. I realize that. If the crew had survived and the radio was still workable, they would have called us by now. If the damage was severe, it could take hours to repair it. At which time those Martians or whatever they are would have captured them, just as they did Dobson and Hardin and now Lemmy, Doc and Mitch. The last we heard, Doc and Lemmy were hoping to get away from that place. If they had, sir, wouldn't we have heard from them by now? I may say so. I think your plan to proceed to the lack of solace in the land truck with only McLean for company is too risky. Well, that's for me to decide. Now, keep the watch open. I'll call you again when I got underway. Yes, sir. I have no intention of returning to base until I'm absolutely sure that all hope for Lemmy, Doc, and Mitch, or even Dobson and Harding, for that matter, is gone. Meanwhile, I shall continue to follow them. We'd hate to lose you as well, sir. Well, thank you, but I'll do my best to see that you don't. Yes, sir. Very well. I'll call you again in about half an hour. Good luck, sir. Thank you. Hello, Lansfield. Can you hear me? Hello, yes. What is it? Uh, what was that, sir? You called me. Oh, no, sir. Not me. Somebody distinctly called the Lansfield just then. There. There they were again. Very faint, but definitely there. Did you hear them? No, sir, I did not. The signal must be too weak for me to pick it up. All right, leave it to me. Probably Doc or Lemmy. If I need you, I'll call you. Yes, sir. Hello, Landfleet here. Is that you, Doc? Receiving your strength, too? No, it isn't, Doc. Is it Frank, then? No, it isn't Frank, either. Nor is it Lemmy. No, it isn't. I can hear that. In fact, I don't know that voice at all. I've never heard it before. You were in great danger, Mr. Morgan. You don't think you have a chance against them, do you? Just you and a couple of crawling land trucks. Who are you? Come to the point. There's no need to raise your voice. I want to help you. Oh, I'm sorry, but how can you help me? Unless somebody does, you haven't the hope of getting back to Earth. Not even to your polar base. That hardly answers my question. How can you help me? I cannot tell you now, in case I should be overheard. Over the radio, you mean? Yes. I've already brought my transmitter down to its lowest possible power, so it will about reach you and no further. Every word you say is listened to. Do you realize that? Uh, That's been made fairly clear to us recently. They are listening to you now. They've heard you calling Doc and Frank. And if they'd answered, their replies would have been picked up too. Then if they can't hear you, they, whoever they are, must be thinking I'm talking to myself. It won't take them long to realize what's happening, and they'll come flying out here, not only to pick you up, but to get me as well. And that wouldn't be difficult. I'm only a couple of hundred yards away from you. Uh, Where? Out of sight at the moment. Look, how do I know this isn't another of their tricks? A ruse to get me away from the truck or something, as they did to Lemmy and Mitch back there in the canal. You must believe me. My aim is to help you. For you to help me in return. You? Help you? Well, how? If you do get away, if you are able to leave the planet and get back to Earth, take me with you. 
back to Earth. Why not? That's where I come from. I have a right to get back if I can, haven't I? We all have. But there wouldn't be room for us all. But I want to be sure that if you do go back, I go back with you. How long have you been here? Fifteen years. And a trustee for five. A trustee? That's what they call fellows like me. But there's no time to go into the whys and wherefores now. Do you agree to let me help you? Or do I go back and leave you to fend for yourself? Do you know anything about Doc, or Lemmy, or Frank? I picked up their calls to you just before the freighter crashed. If you ask me, you'll not hear from any of them again. If they're not dead, then they'll be prisoners in the city. And if you think you can storm that place alone in that land truck, then you'd better think again. Now, how about it? Is it a deal? How do I know I can trust you? You don't. You have to take the chance. Are you on foot? No. I have my own land transport. It's given to me because of the work I've been on allocated. And what's that? I'm director of agriculture. The whole of the Maria Rithium is under my command. Look, you might be anything. You might be imagining the whole thing. Come to that, so might I. You must believe me. At least let me show you myself and talk to you face to face. Very well. Bring your truck, your transport or whatever it is, over here. I'll be in the driving cabin. Place yourself where I can look at you. Very well. I'll drive round to the front of your vehicle and face you. I'm no ogre. Just an ordinary human being like yourself. Hello, Polar Base. Morgan calling. Hello, Skipper. What was that all about? You heard it all then? Oh, no, sir. Only you. Who are you talking to? I don't know. What was that? I said, I don't know. But I hope to. In just a few moments. Calculate, we should be halfway across the Argier now, and you can expect to see the land fleet almost any time. Yes, Doc. Hey, are you going to be able to manage him on your own? Sure, why not? But supposing he's no different from when he went to sleep, he might start getting aggressive again. I think I can handle him if he does. Now get over to the window, or we may pass over Jet and not even see him. Yes, Doc. What a time to choose to come round. Mitch. Mitch, are you awake? Yes. Can you hear me, Mitch? This is Doc. Doc? Yeah, Doc Matthews. Oh, I'm so cold. What's happened to the heating system in the ship? So far as I know, it doesn't carry one. What are you talking about? All ships carry a heating system. You'd better get one of the engineers over to look at it. Grimshaw for number three, and, and quick, before we all freeze to death. Mitch, there's nothing wrong with the heating system. It's you that's cold. Cold? <laughs> well, that's putting it mildly. My inside feels like it's frozen solid. Listen to me. Do you know who I am? Oh, why shouldn't I? Hey. Now, what's the matter? What are you wearing your suit for? Lemmy and I have to, Mitch. Well, the heating system has failed. You're wearing your suit to keep you warm. Now, what's the idea? Why didn't you wake me up and tell me? Look, we're not wearing our suits just to keep warm. It's because the atmosphere in here is too thin for us to breathe. <laughs> How the dickens can I breathe it? Now, what is going on? You can breathe it, yes. So can Dobson and Harding. Look at them. They haven't any suits on. 
Dobson and, and Harding. Here. Oh, but why aren't they in their own ship? And, and where's Jet? Somewhere out on the Argier Desert, we hope. We're trying to find him and pick him up. On the Argier Desert? On Mars, you mean? Of course. But, but we're not due to reach there yet. Not for two weeks. We landed here nearly two weeks ago. Look, Doc. Will you... Will you please tell me what this is all about? Why don't you tell me what you think this is all about, Mitch? Where do you think you are? Where, where else would I be? In the Discovery, of course. Nearly six months out from the moon. But Discovery? You mean you think we're still on the way to Mars? Oh, cut, cut it out, Doc. You, you know darn well that's where we are. No, no, Mitch, don't get up. I'll get up if I want to. How do I... How do I come to be lying on the on the floor anyway? And what's happened to the bunks and the, the cabin? It looks all different. Where am I? What? The dock, my, my chest. It feels tighter. I can't, can't. Lemmy. Breathe. Yes, Doc, come over here, quick. What's the matter? Is he all right? He's far from all right, Lemmy. I think he's coming back to normal, but he can't breathe the atmosphere in here. Oh, blimey, we've got no suit for him. Uh, that oxygenized chamber upstairs. Yes. Harding, open the door to the upper cabin immediately. Now, come on, Lemmy. Help me get him up there. And hurry. Yes, Doc. Oh, blimey, he's turning blue. This is no time to discuss his complexion. Now, grab his legs. Right. Now, that's it. Now, come on. Up you go. Harding, as soon as we're inside, close the door and open the upper one. All right, Lemmy. Take it easy. I've got him. We don't want to drop him. There's not much room on these stairs, is there? Here goes the other door. Now get him inside and lay him on the floor. He's out cold again. Do you think he suffocated, Doc? No, Lemmy. Thank goodness this chamber was here, or it might well have been the end of it. Uh, oh, look, he, he seems to be breathing a bit easier now. All right, Lenny, I'll look after him. You go back downstairs and continue to keep watch for Jet. Right. If you sight the land trucks, give me a call. Yes, look. Hello, Doc. Hello? Yes, Lenny, what is it? One of the caravans, almost directly below us. Only one? That's all I can see. Uh, halt the ship. I'll be right down. Did you hear that, Dobson? Stop the ship, but maintain height. And not so fast. You want to knock us off our feet? That's more like it. Now, uh, a little farther. And slowly. That's it. Now hold it there. Where is it, Lemmy? There you are, Doc. Just in front of us. We should land just alongside it. What happened to the other truck? The one McLean was supposed to be driving. I wouldn't know, Doc. Hey. Unless that is McLean's. Let's hope not. Hello. Hello, Jet. Can you hear me? Jet, this is Doc. His radio can't be on, Doc. He should hear us easily from this distance. I'll keep calling him, Lemmy. I'll get over to the control table and have Dobson take us down. Well, maybe we just scared him and he's lying low. How do you mean? Well, how can he be sure it's us in this thing? He probably thinks it's that flying doctor come to take him off. Keep calling anyway, Lemmy. Dobson, take us down to ground level. Hello, Jet. Jet, this is Lemmy calling. Lemmy and Doc come to pick you up. All right, Lemmy. Let's get out of here. What about Mitch? I think he's going to be okay. But he'll have to stay upstairs until we can get him a suit. Does he still think he's in the Discovery? Yeah, he does. He's all confused. Now, let's get going. Holding the door. 
Open it. Out you go, Lemmy. Right. Go round to the driving cabin. See if there's anybody in there. No, Doc. Whoever's in that truck must be in the living quarters. No, then we'd better let ourselves in. Open the airlock. Come on. Okay. Okay. Close an exhauster. Maybe he's having a sleep. What a surprise for him when he wakes up and sees us standing over him. Okay, Lemmy. Open the door. Let's get inside. Right. Hey, Jet. Jet boy. It's me. Doc and... Lemmy. There's no one here. The truck's empty. What had happened to Jet? And what had happened to McLean and the other land truck which contained so much of our valuable stores and equipment? As we learned later, Jet had agreed to talk to the owner of a mysterious voice that had called him on the radio. Well, here I am. So I can see. Fine. Now do you believe I'm from Earth? All the people we've met on this planet seem to be. But I know where I am and what I'm doing. Most of the others don't. They still think they're back on Earth in the year they left it. For them, time has stood still. What year is it on Earth? 1971. That's right. You see, they failed to condition me. I was the wrong type. Why did they bother to pick you up at all? They have no way of telling good subjects from bad ones until they've got them. But it makes little difference. Once we're here, they put us to work just the same. But if you're not conditioned, well, how do you breathe? Same way as you. I carry an oxygen supply. A spacesuit? No. A spacesuit is unnecessary. If you have the right kind of equipment. The kind they gave me is ingeniously designed. You'd hardly know I was wearing anything. The conditioned people never even suspect. They don't even suspect they're on Mars. That's right. Are there any more like you that know the truth? Dozens of us. And where are they? Scattered all over the planet. Some like me with roving commissions. Others working in the factories. What else? All manner of things. The main objective is the completion of the invasion fleet. Good grief, then. Doc was right. They do intend to invade the Earth. Yes, they do. I must get a message back home. Give me full details of how and when the invasion will be made, and I'll pass it on to Polar Base. (laughs) You'd never do it. The moment you began to give your Polar Base any information of that kind, your transmissions would be jammed. Your only hope is to get up to the fleet and tell Earth yourself. And what hope is there of that? There's a 50-50 chance. Providing you do all I tell you, without question. That very phrase makes me suspicious. Very well, if you doubt my sincerity, I'll get on my way. No, no, wait. What do you want me to do? Come with me, now. It's fairly certain that your side of the conversation has been heard anyway. We haven't much time. Very well. You lead the way, I'll follow. That's no good. You have to come into this truck. Your own is too slow. But what about McLean in the other one? What state is he in? He seems to be in a deep state of hypnosis. He does everything I tell him. Does he indulge in any kind of conversation? No. Then leave him. Leave him? Oh, not on your life. If I'm going back to Earth, then he comes with us. You'll be wasting your time. He's too far gone. How do you mean, too far gone? Of all people brought here, his type is the most unfortunate. 
They have no recollection of anything previous to the time they were hypnotized. They do nothing unless told and have no control over their actions. Yes, but they could be revived, couldn't they, once we got them away from here? No. They may appear to revive, but they don't. Not even when they are sent back to Earth. What? You mean they are sent back? Of course. Some are there now. To all appearances, normal people. Except for an odd way of speaking and a few eccentricities that nobody on Earth would regard with any seriousness. Whitaker was one of those. Didn't you find him a little odd? <laughs> we certainly did. There are plenty of others like him, too. Already down on Earth. The Martian Fifth Column, as you might say. They're in the factories, working on secret governmental projects. How do you think the full details of your journey to this planet were known? Well, why didn't they just wreck the whole project before we set out? That would have proved the presence of an antagonistic power on Mars. Something they are trying to keep secret. But an effort was made to turn you back. But when that failed, I suppose it was thought better to let you land and then make use of you when you got here. I see. Now, time's running out. Do you join me? Or do you propose to fight it out alone? If I do, what chance have I? With Dawkin and Lemmy and Mitch missing. Half the fleet's crew already in the hands of the, the... the Martian. Alone? None at all. But if you come with me, there is a chance of your getting Mitch, Doc, and Lemmy back. Even Frank. And what if you are one of them? Like the Flying Doctor? That's for you to decide. Oh, very well, I'll take the chance. I'll come. Good. But McLean comes too. All right, if you insist. Hello, McLean. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You are to leave that truck and enter the vehicle in front of this one. Orders were that you and I proceed to the locker Solis. I have changed those orders. The orders were not yours to change, and orders must be obeyed without question at all times. Now do you believe me? McLean, I order you to leave that truck and to come over here. McLean, do you hear me? Hey, wh what's he doing? He's pulling out. But where's he going? Only he knows that. I must get after him. If you do, you go alone. But I can't leave him. You're not leaving him. He's leaving you. There's nothing you can do, Mr. Morgan, believe me. Follow him and your chance of getting back to the fleet is gone. Completely. Very well. I'll put myself in your hands. Good. Uh, give me just a few moments while I tell Base what's happened. No. Don't do that. Tell him you'll call him later, but give no specific time. Right. When I've done that, I'll put on Mitch's suit and come over there. I shall be waiting. How much further do we have to go? About three hours more. Do you think we'll make it and find Docker and Lemmy and Mitch? It all depends. On what? On whether anybody back in Lacus told us knows what we're doing. They'll pursue us, you mean? That's right. Well, nobody's appeared yet. No, no sphere or anything. They won't be in any hurry. Wouldn't take them above an hour to overtake us. When can you be sure they're not pursuing us? Two hours from now, maybe. Let's keep our fingers crossed, huh? Well, there she is, on the horizon. If we can make that far, our chances are good. That great glass dome, you mean it? It's colossal. It's not glass. The men working in it are like you and me. They need a good supply of oxygen to breathe. They have plenty of it in there. Who built it? Other Earthmen, under the Martians' direction. I tell you, so long as you play along with them, they treat you well. I'll... Oh. Well, what's the matter? 
What are you stopping for? Uh, here. What? Who? Look. Ah, uh, there. Hovering above us. A sphere. Good grief. They've found us. It's all over. I'm afraid we'll never make it now. In episode 19 of Journey into Space, you heard Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, David Kossoff as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, Bruce Beebe as Mitch, and with David Jacobs and John Casabon. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also wrote the music. Journey into Space is written by Charles Chilton and produced by him in the London studios of the BBC.